0: Put your little hand in mine, there ain't no hill or mountain
1: we can't climb. Hey, welcome back to another edition of Grove Unleashed. I am State Representative Seth Grove, 196 District, home of Dover Doug for Groundhog Day. With me as always is Anders and Chuck. Say hi, guys. What's hi, fun? guys. That was awesome. That was awesome. Although I guess Seth says, say hi, guys. Chuck may win. Hi, guys. That's fun. But yeah, I mean, we got, we got, we're obviously taping this prior to Groundhog's Day. I don't know what uh, that little varmint in Puxtaunty is going to do. Usually it's more winter, which I'm never happy with. I prefer nice, nice weather. So I'm I'm hopeful for a short winter. But in Dover, the 196th district, we have the Dover Doug. It is a spoiler alert. So kids don't listen to this. So parents only. This is the this parents only version.
0: Yeah, operation
1: operational manual for Groundhog's Day. Right. How do we do this? Right. So it, it is a guy in a groundhog outfit. I think we got because I talked to Sam Smith. Like a full-size full size human groundhog outfit. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like cartoon character full head to toe groundhog outfit. Uh, has like a red shirt, white light white lettering because Dover Dover High School Eagles. It says Doug across it. And I, I think because Sam Smith and I had a long conversation. He was a former speaker, represents uh, and he used to bring in little groundhog cookies. So one day I bit the head off one and sent it up to the rostrum and he asked why. and I said, I don't like your groundhog. We have Dover Doug. And I explained Dover Doug to him. And he then uh, said, you know, we sold our high school groundhog mascot costume. I'm like. I think I say, So we may actually have his high school, old high school outfit in Dover, and we use it. The ties go back to Punxsutawney right. no matter what you do, right. no matter how much you want to escape Groundhog Day. Because where else is Groundhog's popular? Let's be honest. Like, where else would it be? Oh, I got a Dover. Anyway, so it's a guy, and he doesn't talk. The Groundhog doesn't talk. He does, like, an interpretive dance thing, and there's someone there to interpret what he is saying. When do they do this? Because I I so it's it's Groundhog Day. So it's seven a.m. on Groundhog Day over at it's the park beside uh, the Dover Township building. Okay, Uh, it's in the pavilion, Uh, and then they have a pancake breakfast over at the community center as a fundraiser for Parks and Rec. Gotcha. So, but if you show, they have they have hot chocolate there, so you can get hot chocolate see a dude in a groundhog suit doing an interpretive dance and then you can go for a pancake breakfast as
2: a fundraiser it's great this it is one of those like Pennsylvania things oh, yeah. that anybody outside like even as a Pennsylvanian right. i i don't know man <laughs> this is just right i, I just enjoyed yeah. i just
1: enjoyed the fact that it, like p- potentially like timing-wise when we like mm-hmm. ties back to good old punks of so that that's the dover they're usually not off on their Prognostications, their right?
0: prognostications are good?
1: Yeah, they're usually I mean they're usually wrong, but they're usually at least like, it's consistent. So, like they're consistently yeah, wrong. Yeah. yeah, Dover Dover I think one time Dover Doug did something different that Punk's Tony Phil did. I was kinda happy because it was on my side of let's not have a long extended winter. So Well, I, I wanna know if the job
0: of translating groundhog to human is available that if that job is available and if it's one of the ones that the governor has declassified
1: as you don't need a college degree for. So th- the job is actually highly classified. The only people that know um, the only documents that exist are actually in Joe Biden's garage next to his Corvette. Oh, so I mean nice. if you want to know, you have to you have to go to Did Delaware. You know that there's
2: more now too uh, in his Rehoboth home as well. They just raised it, it, it in, in, the, garage. Oh, it in the garage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, the robot. garage, was locked, and so was a Corvette. It's okay, fine. it's, it's fine. right next to the
1: bicycle he fell off of. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, by the way, that was—you can't make this stuff up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you want to know, I don't think you do need a, a college degree to. Um, I, you, may, I mean, you might interpretive dance. They may actually have a requirement that you, your interpretive dance major. I
2: think that this might actually be one of those things that you're kind of born with. It's not you can't you can't go learn it. It's like having you either like an, an instinct of weather or, and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Well, no, being able to interpret groundhogs,
1: interpret groundhogs. Yeah.
2: Well, that's an interpreter.
1: So you need you need you need the dance moves, right? Yeah. You need the moves, and then you have the interpreter. So it's that's actually two job. whole jobs, right? It's yeah. two whole jobs, but Dover Doug's highly classified. Like only Joe Biden's garage knows who it is. Who it is? Yeah. It's that classified, classified. <laughs> It's the information other nations right. want to know. And you know um, can't area Fifty One, UFOs, nuclear codes, the true identity of DoverDug. That's where we're at. The
2: KFC's we'll
1: herbs
0: and spices are still secure. Right. <laughs> that's right. That's right.
2: All right. So uh, I'm going to change the topic here. <laughs> Go right ahead. Why? You that's guys want to win the Super fun. Bowl. Uh, here, the Super Bowl is going to be Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. Pennsylvania's very own, unfortunately not the Steelers, but, you know, so, I mean, rebuilding.
1: I'm a Steelers fan. I never mind like the little brother getting yeah, another exactly. Super Bowl win. It's cute. It's good for, good for them. Yeah. Every every decade or so, it's mine. I'm good. So, you know, I'm, uh, are you home cheering team. for them? Yeah.
2: yeah. Are you cheering for the Eagles?
1: Well, I, I have to I have to add my personal story on this
0: one. My wife is a Cowboys fan Ooh. living in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, a Cowboys fan. And so just to stick it to her, no I want to see the Eagles win. Good, good. So nobody's run her out yet? So R- run her out of the state? No? no, not not she's too tough. Yeah. There's yeah. there's no way to
1: do So you know, Lancaster's kinda like the so York's interesting when it comes to football fans. So yeah. you have Ravens. Yeah, you got of, your Ravens, of, right? Mm-hmm. You have Steelers, and then you you have Eagles. But really the big line in the scene for 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 diehard Eagles fans is the Susquehanna River. Yeah. Like Lancaster is Eagles country, Eagles country, yeah. right? And as you, soon as you cross the river, river in New York, you're you're right. in Ravens
0: land, right? No, no. well, no, no, no. no, no. no. Okay, we'll never uh, understand. I, mean, I come from
1: the southern end of Lancaster right. there County. Is, there's so a large, there's a large there is, contingent, right? All but, right, I, 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 all right. But it is like when I visit schools, it it is heavy Steelers, Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. So when I go to the schools in 196 district, kids are wearing their stuff, and I ask them, and you know I'm Steelers fan, I get cheered and booed, and you know yeah there's the, there are Cowboys fans there's some Redskins fans because there is a large contingent of Yorkers commanders the commanders that's right how I, dare you I, I, I feel so bad I apologize okay but okay more important question though who
2: do you think is actually gonna win
1: you know I think I think the Eagles are gonna win they do have a good they, they have a really good defense mm-hmm. Um, their offense is clicking they don't have any major injuries you know, you have Patrick Mahomes still with that high ankle sprain, knocking on wood. Right. You have that high ankle sprain. I mean, they pulled it out against the Bengals. I think the Bengals would say, you know, there was a lot of stuff that happened. I mean, questionable
0: uh, th- calls. Questionable
1: calls. But I mean, the thing that lost it was one player hit Patrick Mahomes out of out bounds. Out of bounds. Right. I mean, that that's a sixty-five fil- yard field goal versus forty-five yard field, field goal. Right. I mean, that's that was a big deal. Big deal. Uh, that there there was a lot of.
0: A lot of name-calling and, and such about that game that I, I, I felt was undeserved because it was a barely win.
2: Yeah, you know what? In the end, don't leave it up to the refs. If it comes out, if your whole thing is, oh, the refs lost this game for us, no, it shouldn't have been that close for the refs to make a difference. I, I, t- like I the Eagles.
1: I My, my oldest son it gets very frustrated. He plays basketball. gets very frustrated at yeah. rest. I'm like, if you're worried about the refs managing your game, you've already lost. Exactly. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, go play your game if the rest are mentally taking you out of your game then you've already lost the mm-hmm. game so yeah. and that that does bode well for the Eagles they've had no controversy all on the way there because they're just blowing teams out
2: right exactly yeah. I mean they,
1: they they got they got a, as long as they're clicking I mean they're the big thing is Jalen hurts right yeah, well is is his shoulder all right right can he still run right. po- effectively but he hey,
0: let, see- let, let, let's just say this the Eagles are healthier than the chiefs and right. so that's my pick
2: yeah. i i think the eagles will win they blew out the 49ers number one defense in the league their defense isn't too bad either yeah that's a big so thing like that
1: niners defense is phenomenal there's no joke phenomenal. yeah phenomenal and, and, and they had no answers
2: 36 points up against they had no them, answers like that. yeah no answers
1: 30 yeah 30, right.
2: some, some, up points, 30 right. some points right. 30 some points i think yeah. so no answers. Uh, I fly eagles fly right. anyways what's going on in the district um just a little update out there uh we now have the pa 1000s uh, property tax and rent rebate booklet so if you'd like to help getting yours filled out free feel free to give our office a call 717-767-3947 schedule an appointment please schedule an appointment free of and, charge free of charge and we can help you guys fill those out do we have tax forms yet? Yes, we also had the Pennsylvania tax forms. We do not have IRS forms. All right. Yeah.
1: And if you're looking for IRS forms, you can go to?
2: Uh, Clark Congressman, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I have work a for Senator the state. Senator Congressman, yeah. yeah.
1: I think the libraries sometimes get them. I, I believe that. Yeah. yeah, I believe they do. Yeah, we, we used to get the federal forms, but the IRS said state legislative offices can't get federal forms anymore. I hate the federal helpful. government. I hate the feds, yeah. They're awful. Especially the ATF. Right. So what's happening in Harrisburg? Speaking of hating government, what's happening in Harrisburg? <laughs>
0: That's
1: a great transition. That's a great transition. Um, you know, I, we, we've, been, we've been trying to do work. Like I, I, I enjoy work. I don't like being idle. I like doing stuff. Yeah, trying um, is the opera, operative word here. Right. And, and we're, we're, we're pulling out all the stops to, to, to get to work. I mean, at this point, it's been five weeks. January 3rd, we are swearing in ceremony. The current speaker who broke all his promises and locked the doors of the House, refused to call session. He's sort of hissy fitty wanted Until my single issue is done, you shall not do anything. He closed down the bill room, so we can't introduce we have we have three hundred and fifty two co sponsorship memos between House and Democrats. That's potential three hundred and fifty two bills over the past few weeks, five weeks. The Senate has introduced hundred and fifty one bills, eighteen resolutions. We have no introduction of anything, because you shut down the bill room, so you can't even introduce them. So think about when that finally opens up, those poor people I think of that. are going to have a huge backlog. And it, how it works is you you take what you call a blueback, so it's your like draft bill, you take it to the bill room, you have some paperwork to fill out, they'll log it in and give it a bill number, and then everything goes up to the speaker's office. So the poor sucker in the speaker's office, whoever the speaker hires, they have to then get these bills and then assign them to a committee. So there's gonna be a huge log jam of all this stuff. That assumes we do have committees by that point. Right. Mm-hmm. Assuming you have you're back in session, you have rules, the committees have organized, and you can like refer bills and the bill. Like, this is all process stuff that and none of has it is begun. Right. So it, it's it's very frustrating. At least open the bill room to start that process going. Allow members to introduce, get someone in there, and listen. If the speaker, we don't have committees, that can't be referred. That's the speaker's problem. If yeah. he wants 352 bills sitting in his office because he doesn't want to call us back, that's his problem. Don't punish the people in the right. room. Right, the, for the that. poor chief clerk's office, the people working for core who have to deal with this, they should not be penalized because the failure of one person to understand how this stuff works.
2: In the not so much failure, just the absolute incompetency of them. It is. It's absolutely. But well, you've and, kept your committee busy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't have a committee because we're
1: not organized. But as you know, leadership team right across the desk uh, during swearing-in ceremony, we we tried. Me, me and um, Josh Kale, he's our chairman of the Republican Policy Committee. We've been tag teaming on some hearings. It, these are hearings. What I'm doing within my roundtables are hearings I would have done as a majority chairman because number one, we have a lot of new members over the past few elections. I want to make sure they have a Fundamental base of understanding of government finances and particularly the policies and the issues that are behind each number. Like e- you see you see the spreadsheet, each number, each line item, there's a policy driving that. So if you don't understand the policy, you will never understand the numbers. And if you want to change the numbers, you got to change the policy. That's a key. And the policy changes are often the tougher thing to change. Any, anyone Correct.
0: can say, well, we want to spend less here. Correct. What changes do you have to make to the language of the policy?
1: Right and that you can get past. Right. And there there's some st- there's some things it's discretionary that you don't need but it's a small amount and that's the stuff everybody likes. Like all the money that goes to school districts outside of pension payments is discretionary. Like we don't have to do basic ed. We don't have to do special. We don't have to do a lot of that stuff. But it's not like we're not going to do that. So uh, the impact, right, of the pol- of the underlying numbers of the realities of that Forces it to be a mandated expenditure, so you got to have those understandings and, and, and background. So, policy committee did a hearing on Senate Bill One. It's three proposed constitutional amendments. For a background, last session we passed a slew of constitutional amendments. Coming back, in, and you have to pass two consecutive sessions, and it goes to on the ballot, the next ballot for voter approval. Right? It's basically a conversation between the General Assembly and the citizens of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. This whole Speaker-Rozzi thing is because of that, because the Department of State under Governor Wolf, former Governor Wolf, screwed up proper notification. Uh, There was a constitutional amendment on statute of limitations for victims of um, child sexual abuse. Yeah, child sexual abuse. Um, Never got it on the ballot, so Mark-Rozzi is a key component of that. He wants that done. That's on there, voter ID, and then regulatory reform.
2: Because now, I would like to get into that one a little bit more. Reg uh, reform or voter ID? Regulatory yeah. reform. Um, because a lot of you, you have two very hot topic issues, right? The sexual abuse mm-hmm. reform, and then the voter ID reform, no. which are you know two huge things. But a lot of people are overlooking this constitutional amendment, uh, which would provide essentially the General Assembly veto power for regulations, if I'm understanding it correctly. Yeah,
1: me. basically. So so one thing about regulations that you have to understand, so like, if you go back 150 years, there weren't regulations. The General Assembly would pass laws, and state agencies would, would execute. At some point, the complexity of everything increased to the point of, of agencies started writing guidance. They so came back and said, listen, you have you have ambiguous laws and we need to be able to facilitate what you pass in statute. So we need some mechanism. Um, and it was deemed that regula- regulations are a part of legislating. Every single legislative body, all 50 states and the federal government have abdicated the legislative regulatory authority. They have handed it to some other entity specifically the executive branch and just said you know what you're the technical experts you just go do it right just go just do the regs um there's a process to do it whatever it's fine we don't we don't want to weigh ourselves down in the micro details
2: of executing statute a good example of this and uh, this is the way we tell a lot of constituents who have questions about this in the district office is More than likely, there is no legislation that says your tires for vehicle inspection needs to be X amount of millimeters deep, right? The tread on your tires. However, there is more than likely regulation that says your tires need to be in good shape. But then it is PennDOT and their agencies that says, okay, this is what we define as being in good shape. Your tread needs to have this amount. Your tires have to have this amount of tread on right. it. Yeah. So, and I think it's rightfully so. Like agencies know
1: their programs best, how, mm-hmm. how to direct. The problem is it's the runaway regulations, right? When we pass statute A and regulations come out that have nothing to do with with A, and they, they the, the, the administration looks at it and says, okay, we have a, a small window, we can use this phrase to something we want to do, and we're going to drive it out this other way. And you basically bastardize the statute into these regs that you never envisioned, are onerous, uh, require a lot of paperwork, and don't go to the limited scope of what that statute says. That's where the problem is. And there's no process in place for anyone to really stop that from happening. So part of what we're trying to do is say... If the General Assembly, if the House and Senate pass a concurrent resolution, which means one chamber introduces a concurrent resolution, they pass it to the next chamber and they pass it, that regulation will be voided. It allows us to reinstate our legislative authority over this process to say, no, state agencies, that's not what we said we wanted you to do. We're rescinding it go back to scratch. Basically, they're using a, a small language loophole to, to kick
0: open a door and right. do whatever they want in right. this, and and this is reining that back in and saying, no, we
2: gave you language right. for a reason. Right. And when I, I f- think the biggest example of this right now, you look at the ATF, right? Now granted, that's on a federal level, right. but look at the ATF, what they're doing with the National Firearms Act, Correct. and how they are going to be making millions of Americans felons within 120 mm-hmm. days because of a pistol brace for, uh, right. definition. By but saying they they're making them safer. Exactly, right. Right. yeah. Now, we do, we do have statute. It's,
1: it's a, it hasn't been a bad model. Most states look to Pennsylvania as a model for, for regulations. We have the Independent Regulatory Reform Commission. It's five people who chair that. Four appointed by the General Assembly, each caucus, so two Republicans, two Democrats, and then the governor appoints the fifth person which means if your party is in control, you pass, or if your party has a governor's office, you pass whatever regs you want because you got three votes, two votes. Now, they're supposed to be independent, and there's a process that has been long standardized that if the General Assembly rejects a regulation by vote of the two standing committees that have oversight, ERC, the Independent Regulatory Reform Commission, will not move forward on that reg. Under the Wolf regime, eight years straight, ERK has approved every single regulation that the General Assembly has said no to. Every single one.
2: Does uh, this include uh, Reggie? Yes, okay. that
1: includes yep. Reggie, that includes Human Relations Commission, that, inc- that includes a lot of stuff. So it's overly problematic because they're not independent. And at the end of the day, governor controls it, right? Governor controls that entire process of which, the and again, the General Assembly gave, gave up their authority to do in the first place. I, I would argue it's probably an unconstitutional authority, like, we gave away our own authority unconstitutionally. Like, I I don't, the Constitution's very clear, the power to legislate is held in the General Assembly, not the Governor's office. Regulation is a form of legislating. Mm -hmm. So, I I think it was unconstitutional back in the day. But again, it's going back to how do you do those technical things, Uh, at the end of the day we should have a final say, or the General Assembly should create an entity that actually does the regs ourselves. And working in conjunction with the state agencies. That is the actual process. Now, that's us creating a new bureaucracy, the whole nine yards, but it should be controlled by the General Assembly. Absolutely. So this is, this is kind of a faster way using the current practice to regain our authority back in. So it's important. Obviously, voter ID is huge support um, amongst voters nationally and in Pennsylvania. Uh, it was a really good hearing. We had uh, one of my favorites, Ohio Secretary of State, Frank LaRose, advocating for, for voter ID change. Obviously, Ohio, Ohio just expanded their, their voter ID practices uh, over there. And from what we see, it's, no one gets disenfranchised by voter ID in states that we see. and voter supported by,
0: by, by folks right. across right. the aisle. Mm-hmm. It,
1: it, outside of this building, it seems like most people just agree with it. Right, right. Easy win. Um, and then we've been doing, as far as the House Appropriations Committee. I, as chairman, have been leading roundtable discussions. Again, the goal is to educate individuals on where we're at financially and and all the things that come with with a budget and the finances of the Commonwealth.
0: And once again, we are not in actual committee sessions here. This is the
1: House Republicans getting together and doing their job when other folks are not doing their job. Correct. It's been eerily silent in Harrisburg outside of House Republicans getting back to work and trying to um, tackle issues. Because we're here to address policy, right? And it, it's, right now, the politics is sur- taking over the entire process. So we can't get to the, 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 the policies at hand. Uh, so we had a really good discussion with the Independent Fiscal Office. They were created basically to give us independent uh, analysis on the economy, revenues, and expenditures. Uh, Director Matt Niddle, uh heads up that entity. And there's a lot of, we, we have a lot of problems in this state. Like, Everybody says how much like of a surplus we have. We have over $5 billion in the rainy day fund. We have about a $6 billion surplus. That's gone once we pay our bills this mm-hmm. year. Absolutely. Um, I mean, and, and it depends on what, what people want to do. I mean, you could spend all that just yeah. like that, right? But it's one-time money on recurring expenses. You think we grading. could just give it to me? <sighs> Sorry, Man. no. no. That's my it's inflation reduction plan. Yeah, exactly. Right. Give right. Anders all the money. I'll give Anders all the money. <laughs> Um, and, you know, we got big problems. You, you, you think we have all this money sitting there. Life is good. You know, you, you look at the demographics. So our population growth is with retirees. Pennsylvania is a great place, right? Great place to, to retire to. We have a great tax structure. We don't tax retirement income. So people move here to protect their retirement from taxes, right? Uh, but at some point, they're going to hit the nursing home, and that's our highest expense in the budget, long-term care. Is and it's ever growing. You have an um, you have a population increase in that, and then you have healthcare cost increase. Like the inflation of healthcare costs is higher than your regular inflation. So you have two automatic pressures. We're losing population in the working age, so the people paying the taxes are moving out of the state. People not paying taxes are moving into the state because sales tax. Think about it too. So income tax isn't income isn't taxed on retirement income, and then your necessities aren't taxed under the sales tax structure. So it, it, it becomes a little problematic when- yeah, great place to retire, but if you don't
0: have working people here to support it, it com- becomes
1: a problem. Right, and that's mm-hmm. what we're seeing right now. We're, we're seeing out years, the expenditure increase isn't keeping up with the natural revenue. And there's no, nothing you can do about revenue. Um, you need like a $12 billion tax increase to cover it over the next five years. So IFO is predicting in twenty year, twenty year fiscal year 2027-2028 we're going to hit a $3.1 billion deficit. And that's over that time frame spending down the surplus and the rainy day fund. So you'll have a $3.1 billion deficit with no reserve sitting there. And by the way, this doesn't assume a recession, this assumes kind of st- stagnant growth, status right? yes yeah. yeah, kind of status quo mm-hmm. um, on the economy well the good news is we know about it now right so we S- can fix it but can we fix it not yeah. if we don't get back to work but <laughs> right I mean you need to get back so so there, there's there's some some good things coming right so under the cares Act which is passed under the Trump administration with a deal with Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats it kept individuals who are Ineligible for Medicaid on the rolls indefinitely. That was finally ended under the Inflation Reduction Act or whatever. Uh, So that was eliminated. So we will be able to do redeterminations and pull probably half a million individuals off the welfare rolls who are not eligible, uh, which is huge. So that'll save some money, but you still have budgetary pressure. So even that half a billion dollars of savings is going to eaten up because the feds are pulling back their, their basically... COVID dollars in the Medicaid funds uh, that have been sitting there. So that that money is used up. We still have a lot of budgetary issues, and you need to get after those entitlement programs uh, to really save dollars moving forward. And if you start now, you can start closing that gap. So it's it's
2: it's going to be a tough haul. I think we can get there. Uh, you had one more roundtable discussion. We do have a little bit more time left here with the Auditor General and uh, Timothy DeFort and Treasurer Stacey Garrity. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a lot of huge revelations made by them that I wasn't aware of. I don't know if you were already. I'm yeah. sure you were. I mean, the... yeah.
1: I mean, Treasurer Stacey Garrity kind of added what we were just discussing yeah. about the the fiscal cliff that's coming. Uh, there's a couple things like cash flow. Do you want to borrow money to pay bills? That's gonna come once these this federal dollars go, and if you spend down all the reserve funds, you're now, and it's a complete waste of money. You're not helping anybody. By borrowing money to pay bills, and then you're back in cash flow. You're in right? that
0: loop that the federal government's in with right. borrowing limits, and, and that's just bad news.
2: Right.
1: No. Um, and, and she agreed. Like you have to be fiscally responsible. Don't use one-time revenues for recurring expenses. Like be smart. If mm-hmm. we start addressing it now, uh, you make it better year after year. Don't go hog wild on the spending. You have to be restrained because we know what's coming. And by the way, all this analysis is without a recession. Well, we can always define our way out of a recession, exactly. right? That's right. It's, it's not just really a recession. Inch. It's just an inch. It's an inch, yeah. inch, inch. So uh, it was very good. Um, Tim DeFore uh, just released a pretty big audit on 12 school districts, and his his goal was to see, you know, he, he saw these reports of school districts sitting on hundreds of millions of dollars of reserve funds as they're raising taxes. So he wanted to look to see... Are they moving money around? Because there are certain caps within the school code that you'd be able to do a tax increase to, to hit, right? Um, and he came out that there are like legal loopholes that they're using. They're moving money around. I mean, they're smart people, right? Solicitors, business managers. You read the law, you figure out how to get around it. Um, so his analysis, and it's been building for years, that they have been exploiting moving money around to raise taxes as they're sitting on dollars and you can see, you know, I'll raise taxes here, our fund balance continues to increase, our raise taxes and, and and there's budgeting stuff they do, right? So we've given new money to school districts every single year. School districts in the financial documents will say, you know, they'll they'll underestimate revenues and then overestimate expenditures, you create a gap. For the state they'll they'll say, you know, state funding, we're gonna assume you're flat. Um, we give them an increase every year. So the increase just goes to their fund balance. And then whatever it was last year, that's what they bring it up to. So, you know, the, those little financial games have been playing to the detriment of taxpayers. Um, so I think it was a pretty salient discussion. Again, that that openness and that transparency into financial management's always welcomed.
2: And uh, we got Dumb and Dumber here. Okay, the point of Dumber Dumber is I'm going to read to Chuck and Seth a quote. And they have to tell me, is it from... President Joe Biden or Vice President Kamala Harris. All right. Quote number one. Pay attention to these, okay? The Amtrak senior conductor walked up to me and said, "Baby, one million two hundred thousand miles, and that's not counting Vice President." So I know a lot about trains. Wow. Um, I'm gonna go with Biden. Yeah, we he is known as Amtrak Joe for right. a reason. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was President Biden. Right. Next quote you know what also excites me among the many things i'm excited about electric school buses i love electric school buses i just love them for so many reasons maybe because i went to school on a school bus raise your hand if you went to school on a school bus (laughs) right harris Kamala, that's so Kamala. <laughs> Remember what I said about the voices? <laughs> right, it's hard. It's hard, for not, it's hard to, yeah. not to. But I mean, you just, <laughs> at
1: this point, you just know. Yeah. Right. You just know yeah. if 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 you're just blathering and saying nothing, that's Kamala Harris. If you say dumb, crazy things, that's Biden. Yeah, we,
2: we may need to add a third dumb person yeah, in here. Exactly. Right, yeah. right. All right. Um. Next quote. I'm getting in the Amtrak car, and he goes. Baby, you traveled over two million miles. I don't want to hear any more about the Air Force. Now, if you, if you recognize the last quote was one million two hundred thousand, so so who's who said that this time? I I think you're pulling a Biden.
1: I almost said, it. are you pulling a Biden? Where you're reading the same thing over again because you've read it? See, it's also These are all seems different very, very
0: yeah. Kamala Harris-ish by repeating yourself. Right. These are all different quotes.
1: Right. It's got to be Biden again. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. With, you know what? I'm gonna go with Harris. Just because he went with Biden. It, it's Biden. Is it? Yeah, All right. Yeah. Uh, just I, I, was, I was doing the, like story. the fantasy football thing, you know, yeah. where our fantasy Sometimes with you gotta guess, so but you're trying to, answer. You're trying to it, get your wins up,
2: right? He was, was telling the same story, but different just a facts. Different number. Different yeah. number. All right. Um, next quote. So here's the thing who doesn't love a yellow school bus right <laughs> can you raise your hand if you love a yellow school bus right just there's something about the and the most of us went to school on the yellow school bus right and it's part of our experience growing up
1: round and
2: brown